Well, hello, it's season five, and we are super excited that you are here as we dig into one of my favorite subjects. This season, we will be chatting with some amazingly smart and influential people in and around the arts and entertainment industry about something I like to call the inner critic. Who is this mean voice that constantly tries to stop us? And how do we confront it and kick it out of our way? From therapists to deliverance ministers to fashion icons and entrepreneurial geniuses, we are going to talk about that inner voice that wants to stop our creative passions and hinder our ability to shift culture. Head on over to my website, lindsaymorgan.co, and use the promo code LOVE for 50% off the Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass. And now, let's get to that conversation with this week's incredible guests about their journey with The Inner Critic. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Lindsay Morgan Snyder podcast. Do I have a treat for you? This is like special edition, not only because we have the same name, but because she is an amazing woman that has done so many amazing things in her life, and I cannot wait to share. This is Lindsay Snyder Ellingson. Did I say your last name right, Lindsay? Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is Lindsay Snyder Ellingson. She is the founder, she's the president and CEO of In and Out Burger, which we all know, especially if you live on the West Coast, you know, you know who this woman is, or you know the animal, the the animal burger, which I'm super excited to talk about what this like not so secret menu is um, with In and Out. So welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Of course. So excited to have you. So before we get into in and out and before we get into these amazing foundations and organizations you have, I would love to start out by talking about this thing that you and I have in common, not just our name, but this thing that we do twirling fire. <laughs> I would love to hear how you got into that. That is so interesting to me. Um, yeah, so I... I think it was about 2016 or 17. Um, we have a whole thing we do every year with um, our leadership up at my dad's ranch. So there's a different theme each year. And we actually have a team building thing where we use our burger television crew and they bring others in and we film like little movies, like either music videos or movies with the group. And so there's acting, costume, wardrobe, like all of that makeup, special effects uh, stuff afterwards added in. There's, CG, there's just, it's amazing. So we have these memories where we go back and watch these. Well, one year it was uh, the theme and the movie was a, like a 1920s traveling circus. Mm. And so we had different performers and, um, I'm like, well, I have to perform. So, um, I learned to do two different, uh, fire tools and it was on point. So I was in point shoes, um, doing like, so we were like fire ballerinas. Um, so that was really fun. And that was kind of my first time doing that. And then I was like, wow, well, I feel like I want to eat fire. I feel like that's kind of the natural step. So, um, one of the girls that I'd worked with, um, gave me lessons and taught me. And so from there, it was just like one tool to the next tool. And I don't twirl too much like the staff or anything like that, but I do a number of tools like fire fans, eating torches, palm 
torches, um, Lyco torches. Um, yeah, so there's lots, lots of stuff there. It's really fun. <laughs> that is so amazing. When I was reading your bio and was learning about you, I was just like, there's no way. I'm like, we have the same name and we both troll fire. Like, what's the likelihood of that? I love that. That's so cool. That's so fun. Well, thanks for sharing that story. That sounds really, really fun, actually. <laughs> I would love to be a part of that. That's so cool. So besides like doing music and doing movies and doing all of these fun things like in and out Burger, let's talk a little bit about that. So I know it was started by your grandma and grandpa, right? Harry and Esther. Um, I love their names. It's so cute. Uh, and then I want to hear about the like not so secret menu like the animal style, because someone had to tell me, and now that's the only way I order my burger, but can you tell us like where that came from or how that came about? Yeah. Um, so it, as far as I know, it was like somewhere in the 1960s that that name was coined because, um, <laughs> you know, the, the words and all that people used back then were a little bit different. Well, there were a lot of maybe high school kids, young kids that would come and order their burgers and they would order like extra spread, pickles, rolled onions. It just became a thing that they ordered. And so they would refer to them as the animals because in the parking lot, they were just like, you know, they're wild, <laughs> they're wild animals in, in the little, in the lot area. So, you know, you had to make sure everything was clean afterwards, and everything. So, um, that was where it came from and it just kind of took off from a group of young ratty kids ordering their burgers like that that's so cute and so how did it stay secret or I mean like why why wasn't it ever put on the menu just it was kind of a fun thing like that just was like uh, kind of roots or because it's really just a con like it's just a condition a set of conditions for the burger because you would order either a hamburger or a cheeseburger or a double double or a double meat and then you would say animal style that's just kind of a certain way that it would be prepared you know one of those burgers so yeah. um that and you know I mean there's so many different variations that kind of took that caught on um like protein style and and all of those things so we just don't add to the menu because we keep it simple and those are just things that we can do for the customer and, and customizing it and you know it became so well known so we are actually have a button of course um to be able to put it in there because it's just requested that much more you know i think that's so cute i remember when someone first told me i thought this is brilliant marketing you know what i mean because it's kind of like this secret that like the insiders know so i think that is so cool it's really cute and <laughs> also <laughs> i'd also love to hear about like the bible verse like it was your uncle richard i think you said that um that started that. Can mm -hmm. you tell us more about that? That's really cool. Yeah. So he, um, you know, he really kind of got saved right before he passed away um, in 93. And it was really just a few years before that, that he decided that he wanted to, um, you know, he's like, we're a family private company. And as an expression of my faith, I want to put I want to put these verses on there and you know I don't recall ever having a conversation with him but you know that's that's what we gathered it was just that he felt it's a family business and we should be able to 
put this on there and, you know, something that he was passionate about at the time and wanted to share his faith. Wow. That's really, really special. That's so cool. I love that. Um, so moving over to like the foundations and like all the philanthropic things that you're into, I know it's like so important to you. Um, I'd love to hear more about like the focus of slave to nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. so beautiful. If you could share that with us, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, slave to nothing, um, was a foundation that my husband and I started, um, of course, partnered with, with in and out, um, and the focus is both fighting human trafficking and fighting substance abuse. Um, substance abuse is something very close to home for my husband and I. We both lost family members. And um, that was something that we were just, we kind of already knew we were going to do something with that. And so that was the plan was to launch that. And then um, God really just dropped it on me that we needed to include human trafficking in that. And I didn't know a whole lot about it. So it was, it was interesting, but um, because I had so much passion about one and wanted to do this. And then the other, I was like, I don't even know that much about it, but I feel like we're supposed to do this. So, um, which is why the the number two is in the name because there's two different, you know, fights there. Um, So yeah, the focus is just to really set people free, um, you know, both slave to nothing and um, our personal ministry, Army of Love. I think we just feel the call of setting the captives free and healing the brokenhearted and um, and really being a voice for people that can't speak for themselves and, and fight for those who can't fight for themselves. You know, so there's there's a lot of verses that, that come to mind there um, when I think of both of both of those foundations. But um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, um, work with the team, really vetting the different organizations and making sure we're picking ones that are going to be the most impactful and change, change lives. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, that's amazing. I have some friends who work directly in that and I was like, oh, I need to connect them. Cause that's, that's so powerful what you guys do. And then army of love. I got to talk to your, I think she's like the main lady, Linda, um, last week. And we talked for, I think over an hour about it. And it just sounds so powerful what you guys do. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Army of love is, um, basically it's a 501c3, but it's also our ministry. So, um, there's a team and we have, uh, an online, uh, course basically. So if you enlist, um, there's different modules. There's seven modules and they're very, very lengthy. It's like a, it's really like a discipleship training course. And, um, it kind of, kind of separates people, you know, if they're really in love with God and his word and want to learn more and know their gifts and, and find their purpose and calling and all that, you know, you're going to, you're going to find that if you haven't, and you're going to be encouraged if you, if you are already on that path. Um, but, um, the point is that people can go on there and grow in their faith and be equipped for the work of ministry. And, uh, you know, they could do that in their own churches. They could do it in their own ministries. If they're like, Hey, I don't know where to go. Where do we go? You know, we're trying to build up a database of soldiers so that we can also have the helpline and the chat on there. So when there's people that are in need, 
you know, whether they're depressed, they need counseling, marital counseling, or whatever it is, you know, we would be able to connect them with one of the soldiers. And um, we're definitely in the the phase of still building up recruiting and, <laughs> and building up um, enough people to handle that launch when we say, hey, you know, we want to be available 24-7 and want to be able to help anyone and everyone. So... Um, and that'll also be an evangelism tool because the help doesn't necessarily have to be for only. Um, so, so it's pretty exciting, but it's, it's something that, you know, God gave me a vision for in 2013, finally got off the ground and we got the status in 2014, the week after my husband and I got married. And, um, and so now, you know, we're just, we've met so many wonderful people, I've seen so many people healed and um, and discipled and, and that are helping others. And so it's, it's really encouraging. It's so beautiful. It's so powerful. I just, yeah, everything Linda was saying, I'm like, I've been through so much healing and deliverance and stuff myself, but I was like, I might want to do this, <laughs> you know, cause it's just so powerful. Like when she, she explained each module to me and it was just amazing, like how deep you guys go with it. And so if somebody that was listening today wanted more information on that, I'll put all the links in the show notes, but where would they go? Uh, armyoflove.com. Okay. Yeah. And then we have an Instagram also, but if you go to armyoflove.com, you can get all the information, get all the information. Okay. That's amazing. So kind of transitioning into like love, cause that's one thing that I feel like the Lord put you on my heart to see if you would come on the podcast. Cause I have a book called letting love in, you know, how God renews relationships by crushing our inner critic. So I, you know, I really feel called similar, like just to help people, like I call them ouchies, like in our soul wounds would be, you know, maybe the, maybe the one that other people say, but, you know, just these, these things that everybody deals with, people have had hard things in life, whether it's extreme, like sex trafficking, or whether it's not as extreme, it still can be painful in life. And, you know, learning to let God love us, um, you know, really healed me in a lot of ways. And I think some interviews I've seen with you, some similar things, is that why, like this army of love, is that why you are so passionate about like love or people understanding love? Um, I usually think of, uh, just he who has forgiven much loves much. Um, I felt like I've been through so much and because I've known Jesus since I was so little, um, you know, and then made so many of those mistakes or back, you know, the backsliding or the lost sheep phase, you know, while being a believer, um, I felt pretty, pretty bad about it, um, versus someone that you know, was in darkness and then came to the Lord and then they changed their life, you know? So I guess I just experienced so much of his grace and, um, felt just an overwhelming, uh, amount of love for, for people and just feeling his love and his grace. I wanted others to experience that. Now, I think it was amplified, um, later in life after I'd been through things, but I do feel like it's been part of my call even before that. Like I remember, you know, there's stories that my parents tell me about things with other kids and, and stuff that, that happened that I, that I pushed my parents to pay for something and you need to do this, you need to, you know, to take care of other kids. And so I know that God has given me just this like sense of love for people. And, you know, 
I feel like you have that too. And it's hard because there's a lot of Christians that don't Mm. know. And it's really frustrating. And so that's where even more passion comes from. It's like, Hey, I don't care what you're forgiven for. We don't deserve, we do not deserve what we get with him. We don't deserve the life. We don't deserve all of these wonderful, the joy that all of that, we don't deserve that. So we should be so thankful and be loving him so much and that everything he's done for us should motivate us to love everyone else. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, to me, I feel like it's the point, you know, glorify God, but we do that through loving him and loving others. Yeah. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. And, you know, I think part of my problem was I didn't like myself, you know, cause I had like, like I had done a lot of things that I, you know, <laughs> regretted and, you know, been through a lot. And so I was like mad at myself for doing that. And I like, couldn't receive his love for me or his grace for me. So then I was kind of one of those people that, you know, I was hurting so bad. I couldn't really love others that well. Cause I didn't love myself. So, you know, that's kind of the work I do is just like, helping people fall in love with God, receive his love, love him back so that they can love themselves so that they can love others, you know? So I think like, you know, what you do with army of love is, is, is so much of that. Cause it's like helping people get healing and understanding of God's grace and understanding of, you know, how much he loves them so that then they can go and love the world. It's true because even, um, you know, you could say some people are very selfish and maybe that's why they don't love others. But I think a lot of times that selfishness is coming from, uh, some insecurity. There's some area where they're insecure. So then they've, they've become self-focused. I'm going to do this for myself, get this for myself, you know, um, because there's some kind of deep insecurity there. So there's usually a healing issue behind not being able to receive God's love or love others. For sure. <laughs> for sure, girl. I was like deep insecure for like a gazillion years. Like it was intense, but, but yeah, God's love really has like set me free, you know, and it's, it's so simple in a way. So I just love what you're doing with the army of love, because as Linda was sharing all of those different modules, I was just like, yep, that's it. Like, those are the things that, you know, we have to like really kind of walk through in order to, to really be able to experience his life-changing love and grace, like you said. And I mean, cause he's already given it to us. Right. But in order to receive it sometimes is like been the issue for me anyway, <laughs> and what I like to help people with. So that's so amazing. That's just so great. Um, so I, you know, I talk a little bit about, um, the inner critic, I call it the inner critic and, um, just like sort of that, like you said, it can be insecurity could be the inner critic or like all these different things that, you know, tell us like, you're not good enough or whatever it is, you know, that's in our heart and mind. Um, and I didn't know, do you have anything to share around that? Just like how you've overcome, or if you struggled with that, even if you struggled with that, like inner critic and how you were able to like fight through. And I think the, um, you know, I had a very loving father, uh, and he messed up a lot, you know, because he had a substance abuse problem. And so he was so loving and so gracious with me. Like there was room to make mistakes as a child. And, you know, if you weren't getting straight A's, it was like, Hey, you're doing your best. You're fine. You're great. You're, you know, so 
I think that a lot of times we project the relationship we have with our earthly father and our heavenly father. And even though my dad um, passed when I was young and I had a whole set of different issues because of him being gone and fear of loss of love and all that, um, I feel like my relationship with my heavenly father, I'm able to receive his love because I felt my dad's love. I feel like I know I could experience his grace um, because my dad was so gracious. And so the, the problem for me is, and I don't know if it's part of my personality type or what, but that inner critic or that thing that would just make it more complicated and not biblical <laughs> is that, um, that I needed to do so much to get back in his, um, I don't know like back in, in on track or in the light. And it's not that he wouldn't forgive me right away, but I still felt like there was a certain amount of time that had to go by, or I had to, um, like prove myself over a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? Like, so that was, that was the thing in my mind. And sometimes I still catch myself doing that. Like if, you know, if I, slip and say something or do something I shouldn't, then I go like, oh, well, I, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't counsel someone right now. You know, you'll do that thing instead of just receiving, um, his grace and his love and knowing like, no, it's not, you don't have to work your way back to his good grace and to this place where you're an okay Christian again. Like, it's just, we're in these broken bodies until we're with him and he's accepted that. And his grace and love is, is available completely to hearts that are, that are really connected to him, you know? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And so true. Like, I think a lot of us struggle with that. You know, it's like, we struggle with like, oh, I messed up. Oh, I'm not perfect. I remember the Lord sharing with me. I, I would be hard on myself, you know? And God was like, if you were perfect, you wouldn't need me. You know, Jesus is like, if you were perfect, you wouldn't need me. So stop trying to be perfect, you know? And I was like, okay, <laughs> but I still can be, you know, I still can like hear that little mean voice. I call it in my head. Um, I mean, we have an enemy, right? So like he, you know, he's the father of lies, the Bible says. So he comes and lies to us and he'll use any situation he can to do that. And so, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, really learning to receive God's love and his grace is like, I think, honestly, in my mind, Lindsay, it would like set the world free. <laughs> but that's my passion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Um, yeah. I love that. It's, it's really amazing. Um, what, is there anything else that you want to share about, um, the army of love or the, the, the slave to nothing foundation? I mean, going back to the slave to nothing foundation, that's more of like, you guys are helping, um, organizations that are already doing the work. Is that right? When it comes to human trafficking, you're, you guys are like providing them assistance so that they can continue to do the amazing work that they're doing. Is that what it is? Yeah. So we vet them and find, you know, we, we look deeply into their organizations and, um, and are very selective and it's both for the human trafficking and, um, like rehab centers. And, um, there's also one of the other things I don't, don't always share this, but you know, there's, there's such a problem with, um, 
you know, big pharma and just people being put on pills. And I hate to see, you know, someone coming off that you're trying to set them free, but it's like, well, let's get them on these drugs. Like, let's have them take these. And it's like, oh, now you're just taking a government <laughs> approved drug. Um, but there's still an addiction or, you know, there doesn't need to be more substances. I think the whole point is to get them substance free and, you know, you diagnose them with all of these different things and go, oh, well, you know, they're bipolar, they're this, they're that. It's like, they need healing. They need healing. And that's, that's going to result in not needing those things. It could take time. Of course, it's going to take time and it's more intensive work, but, um, we try to find, um, organizations that are, um, not using like the medication programs, um, and I think that those are usually the ones that need more funds because the government doesn't help them. Um, yeah, the government helps, likes to help all the ones that are giving, passing out drugs. <laughs> so, um, and that's for both, you know, human trafficking, there, there's so many emotional things that they've gone through. So it's very common for them to be put on um, different, different drugs as well. So, um, so yeah, we're really passionate about that and, and making sure that they're, they're totally set free and that they're not being hooked onto another substance or a slave to something else. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's why I love the, the name of the organization slave to nothing. Cause it's basically like, no, Jesus came to set us free. And sometimes that's a process, you know, I mean, my life, it was a process, you know, and a lot of the people around me, it was a process. It wasn't like a one-time thing, you know, sometimes it is for certain things. Uh I think sometimes, you know, I used to drink a lot. Like I was a for sure, like functioning alcoholic, although I didn't know, you know, I thought it was just like a fun <laughs> girl <laughs> and, you know, but as soon as I came to the Lord, it literally like kind of popped off of me. Now there've been other things that I've walked through decade, decade of healing around, you know, but, but for some reason the, that God gave that grace to me, you know, that I just didn't really like drinking anymore. It was super weird. Um, I mean, I'm thankful. So I think sometimes God does like just deliver directly. And then other times, you know, there's a process to it. So I love that it's slave to nothing. It's like nothing, not even small things like people pleasing. You know what I mean? Like there's just these small things that like we as humans can get kind of like locked up around, you know, that aren't the big things, but are more of like the emotional stuff. So it's, but it's all of it. And I just think that's really, really cool that you guys, I read that on your website, like you go really deep, you see how do they spend their money? Like you, you go really deep before, you know, helping fund these, these organizations. And I think that's so beautiful. And also like both of your organizations, it sounds like, like you guys, I mean, it's, you know, you cover the cost and like all the money that's donated to like army of love, like it's a hundred percent for the, the ministry. So gosh, I love that. It's so powerful. Now we all just want to eat in and out burger more because we know like all the good that y'all are doing. <laughs> that's so, that's really so amazing. Um, so what's next for in and out burger? Can we ask? <laughs> Well, you know, we, I think we put a slogan on a t-shirt one year. We said the more things change, the more we stay the same. So we're trying to continue on and do what we've done, you know, uh, for 74 years. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I obviously wasn't there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on just a sec. Oh,
tickle in my throat. <laughs> throat> um, so, yeah, I think that the biggest thing for me is to focus on keeping it family, like keep everyone connected. Um, we're getting bigger, you know, we're in seven states. Um, so for us to have part of our mission purpose statement is having a team oriented atmosphere. <laughs> and I think that part of my motto and our family motto is that we have a family atmosphere. So we call everyone family, our associates family. And, you know, the larger we get, I feel like the bigger my job is to, and responsibility is to make sure that we keep that, you know, that special closeness and um, training our people, our leaders to make sure that they're checking on their people, that they're caring. You know, some of the themes of the workshops, our leaders are getting are like trust, care, <clears throat> coaching, <clears throat> servant leadership, um, you know, all of those things to be able to be there for them, um, to be better leaders and to be able to lift others up. And there's a lot of biblical principles there that we teach and, um, and, and they work and, you know, people's lives, um, are affected by that. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mentors in and out, a lot, a lot of leaders that, um, you know, that people really look up to and they feel like, wow, you, you were there you helped me through this and, um, you taught me this, you know, so that's really special. And, you know, a motto that my uncle came up with was training is our future. So I think for me, it's not something new, but it's the big thing that I continue to focus on is making sure we're taking the time to make sure our people are, are connecting that they're, um, knowing how to be better at keeping everybody together um, and then of course, all of the training for our associates to make sure we can serve our customers best way possible. <laughs> wow. That is so biblical because God created family and he loves family. And you guys are like creating that family within your organization for people. And that's probably super healing. So I just, wow, I'm just so honored to be able to get to talk to you and hear just a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes. And it's just so powerful. So thank you so much for your time, Lindsay. I would love to pray um, for you and, and everything you're doing. And then I will, and then I will let you go on to your next amazing thing. So thank you so much for being here. I'm really, truly honored. Thank you. Of course. So Father God, I just thank you so much for this amazing woman and this legacy and this family um, that she's from and that she is creating God. And I just pray uh, just blessing on Army of Love, on Slave to Nothing, on just the, the family that you're creating within this organization that's actually healing even inside the organization, God, that it's healing through love, through family. And I know that's such your heart. So I just pray uh, a special blessing on everything she's doing. Just ask for your wisdom on everything she's doing, the right people to come, just everything you know she needs, God, and just to undergird her with your strength. And Papa, I know you're so proud of her. And so not just because of what she does, but because of who she is. So I bless her, Lord, and we're so grateful that you're our dad and that you help us through everything. And we just pray that anyone listening, everyone listening to this would feel your love today, would be able to receive your grace and receive your love. And we pray this all in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen.
Well, 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 wasn't that interesting? We can't wait until next week. Don't forget to grab Crushing Your Inner Critic Masterclass at lindsaymorgan.co and use the promo code LOVE to get 50% off. This was recorded at New Vine Music in Santa Monica, California. We would like to thank Leonardo Antonori for producing this track. To learn more about them or to license original music for your next project, go to newvinemusic.com. 